Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you and your life. Luke chapter 9 is where we're going to be looking at. Uh, One of the things I enjoy uh, is... Uh, as a young person, I enjoyed and was captivated by space travel and, and uh, uh, that kind of thing. And of course, I was too uh, wasn't uh, uh, aware of things as you know we were going through the space race uh, in the '60s. Uh, I was too young for that, but uh, uh, I, I, I do recall. Uh, as our nation went through a time of space travel, going through with uh, the shuttle, you know, the shuttles and, and all of that, and I, uh, I was in college when the uh, the shuttle uh, exploded uh, when it was taking off, and I, I remember that. And I was living in South Carolina when the other uh, shuttle that that blew apart when it was coming back down. Uh, so. Uh, you know, space travel, uh, even though we've progressed in a lot of different ways, uh, it's from time to time we've been reminded that it's a very dangerous uh, proposition. It was, it's a very dangerous thing. And uh, I have a relative that, that worked with NASA in the uh, infancy age of uh, the exploration and the Mercury uh, flights and all that kind of thing. And uh, I, I enjoy watching documentaries about uh, the space uh, travel and the space exploration and all the different things they had to do. And I think I, I, I appreciate more than anything the the uncertainty that was uh, in the hearts and minds of all the people when uh, they were doing it all for the first time uh, and all the the uh, ex- the experimentation of of uh, space flight uh, we we know that that it all happened and everything was okay but there was a lot of times where it was uncertain whether or not man would be able to to travel in space and uh, I, the one thing I remember the most is uh, the scene there in the uh, uh, Mission control, where they go around the room uh, asking "Go or no go," you know, uh, uh, "Go or no go for landing," "Go or no go go for takeoff," and that kind of thing. And uh, we, uh, the, another term that is not used all the time, uh, but is used uh, quite a bit, is uh, negative return. Have you heard that? Uh, uh, term used before negative return. Uh, negative return relates to uh, uh, whether or not the spacecraft will be able to return home. Uh, whether or not the you know as they're going through a procedure or they're going through a space flight, uh, if they get to a certain point or if they are traveling uh, and uh, they. Uh, talk about whether or not uh, negative return. Now, negative return is not something that any uh, 
uh, astronaut wants to hear because that means there's a problem. That means that they can't, uh, if they go any further past the point that they're at at the moment, then that means that they're, they're, the conditions are not right so that either they'll not have enough fuel or that it's too far a distance to, to make it back home. And uh, although space travel is a wonderful thing, that is paramount and primary on, on the heart and mind of everybody who, who participates in that, as, as you or I would. We want to make it home, right? Negative return uh, uh, is is a point in which it's not possible for the person to return. Uh, but it's also a, a, a point in which uh, uh, the, the, the crew goes all in. They, they're saying, we're going to go all in. We're going to make sure that we get uh, back home safe and we're going to uh, get, get beyond this. Well, Jesus uh, talks about a kind of a different negative return in Luke chapter 9. We're going to look at his encounter with three different groups of people. And those groups of people are uh, typified as Jesus is... This is kind of a, a passage of Scripture. Jesus taught in a lot of different circumstances. He taught by the seashore. Uh, Jesus also taught on a plane. Uh, uh, Jesus taught the multitudes as He was healing. Uh, He also uh, taught the multitudes uh, in a variety of settings. This particular setting is is kind of a travel setting. This is Jesus as He is on His way to Jerusalem. And He's uh, talking with different ones, and, and that's the circumstances that we find it uh, at verse 57. And it says, And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Now, this is part of the Synoptic Gospels, and so in Matthew, uh, the account of, that is linked with this passage in Luke says it was a Pharisee who said this. Uh, Luke here uh, doesn't mention whether or not he is a Pharisee or not, but he's, he says just a certain man. And he says uh, uh, it's a declaration by this individual saying, in essence, to Jesus, wherever you're going, I want to go. I want to be uh, with you. And this is is kind of like... Now, we don't have disciples today. We don't have people that will follow a teacher and, and listen to all of his teachings and go home with him and eat supper with him and uh, study with him in the evenings before he goes to bed and, and all that kind of thing. But that's the circumstance that, G, uh, that the disciples were with Jesus and the twelve, you know, uh, uh, the twelve disciples that he had selected to go along with him. That's what they did. They went with Jesus everywhere he went. They uh, stayed with him all the time so that they could hear uh, his teachings. And that's in essence what this uh, individual, this certain man is is saying to Jesus. I want to be one of your disciples. I want to go wherever you go and anywhere you go. I, I want to follow you. And it's interesting what Jesus says to him. It, it sounds kind of abrupt and, and almost uh, sounds crass uh, to a point unless you listen to what Jesus is saying and, and think about it for a minute. Jesus responds to the man who says, Hey, I, I'll go with you wherever you want to go. And, and 
for us today, that, that sounds like a good prospect. You've got somebody that's willing to commit to be a part of the church. You want to uh, have a person that wants to uh, uh, be committed to the work. And this kind of sounds like something that one of us would say. Jesus, I want to go wherever you want to go. Uh, wherever you take uh, take me, I'll go with you. And and But Jesus, because He knows the man's heart, says this. He says, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. Now, Jesus isn't saying, no, you can't go along with me, but what he really is saying to the to the man that, that kind of volunteers his uh, uh, self to be a, become a disciple, he's basically saying to this individual, look, uh, God has provided for all of nature, and then that in that there are uh, God, when when uh, birds migrate and when uh, animals uh, move about in their natural environment like the foxes, he says, God has provided for them. The birds have nests. They make nests uh, wherever they uh, go as they uh, migrate along. He says, foxes have their dens. That God has provided for uh, them with na- uh, natural instinct to know how to create a place to stay. But he says... Uh, uh, in essence, what he's saying is, but if you follow me, he says, I have nowhere to lay my head. Now, Jesus isn't saying, in essence, he's not saying, well, everywhere I go, I don't, I'm homeless and I don't have a place to stay. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying is, if you become my disciple, there is an uncertainty about uh, where you might go. There's an uncertainty about where uh, this ministry will lead you. And a lot of times we want to... Uh, it This... Uh, particular uh, response that Jesus has speaks to the uncertainty of following after Jesus Christ. When we follow Jesus, we want to, we kind of, we don't put uh, disclaimers on our willingness to serve God, but, uh, but the way certain people act after they commit to following Jesus, you would think that they they did put a disclaimer. Jesus, I'll follow you as long as I'm in a nice home in a nice community. Jesus, I'll follow you and do whatever you want to do as long as I'm uh, somewhere where it's safe and I'm secure and I know that I'm going to be provided for. I'm going to have uh, everything that I need. Jesus, I'll follow you as long as I don't have any uncertainty about what's coming tomorrow and and as long as I know... uh, and I can kind of map out what my future is going to be. We put a lot of, of strings on our willingness to serve God. And what Jesus here is saying is, is if you're going to be a, a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're going to be a true disciple of Jesus, you need to understand that there are times that there's going to be uncertainty. There are going to be times where uh, things aren't going to be all laid out like you would like. There are going to be times where uh, if you follow after Jesus Christ and if you do the ministry that He wants you to do, there may be times where you don't know where the funds are going to come for what you need. You're going to have to trust in God. And, and that's what Jesus is saying to this young man that, or this man that is offering himself over to Jesus Christ is, is that, that, hey, I, I'm willing to go wherever you want to go. And Jesus is saying, are you sure? There's a lot of uncertainty. 
There's a lot of times, and, and what Jesus is kind of saying to us uh, as we study this is, is, do you have the faith and trust in Jesus to follow after Him? Do you, uh, are you willing to follow after Jesus even if it means you don't have a certainty of what's coming tomorrow? Are you willing to follow after Jesus, be His disciple, if... Uh, you tomorrow you you look at your bank account there's zero money in there and uh jesus says go and are you willing to say yes lord i'll go even though i don't have any money in there even though i don't know where my next meal is going to come from even though i don't know how i'm going to accomplish what you want from me yes jesus i'll go that's the response jesus wants from us and we have to understand that that we we can't uh, God's not going to say, "Hey, I'm going to. I want you to follow me as long as things are certain and everything's going to be a bed of roses." He wants our willingness to serve Him in difficult times, in times where we don't know what's going to come, in times where uh, we are not uh, assured of having the basic needs that we uh, that we need in our life. We need to trust in Jesus Christ, trust in Him to provide those things. Jesus says. All of nature is provided for by God. You need to understand that if you follow me, you're going to have to trust in God to provide for you. Look at the second. Now, the second circumstance is not like the first and the third. The second, Jesus is actually asking someone to follow after Him. And this is the only time that... that in these uh, in this triplet of of responses that we see Jesus do this he says it says and to another uh, individual he says follow me now this is not the same person uh, the first person remember Jesus kind of walking on his way to Jerusalem and he looks at another person and he says follow me this is kind of like the the same verbiage and the same uh, expression that uh, Jesus when he looked at Matthew and uh, the tax collector and said hey follow after me follow me uh, but listen to the response that the person that Jesus indicated say, said to follow me he says uh, but he said Lord suffer me first to go and to bury my father and listen to what Jesus says to back to him let the dead bury the dead but go thou and preach the kingdom of God Boy, if the first response didn't sound crass or, or abrupt, uh, this one really does. Let me explain a little bit more about what Jesus is saying, too. In essence, he's, uh, this individual has said, Hey, I'll follow you, Jesus, wherever you want me to, but first let me go take care of my uh, uh, family that's, that's died, and then I'll come back. Now, if you recall, when Elijah called Elisha, over in Second uh, Kings, <clears throat> you don't have to turn over there right now. But over in Second Kings, chapter nineteen, uh, or was it First Kings? It's one of the kings over there. It, maybe it's First Kings, chapter nineteen. Elijah calls Elisha to be his uh, uh, disciple, and uh, remember, Elisha's out there and he's plowing in the field. And he says to uh, uh, Eli he goes up to Elisha and he puts the the mantle over him and he says, "Follow after me." And and Elisha looks to Elijah and he says, "Hey, first let me go uh, 
tell my family where I'm going and I'll come follow you. And Elijah allows Elisha to do that. And in the process, Elisha uh, does something explicit to indicate his willingness to follow after Elijah. You remember what it was? He uh, took the plow that he was using and dismantled it and used it uh, to create an altar. And he took the oxen that he was plowing with and slaughtered them and offered them as a sacrifice on that altar to God uh, before he left. But Elijah allowed Elisha to do that before he followed after him. And he didn't say, hey, if you're going to go back and talk to your family and talk to them, then you're, you're not committed enough. Don't worry about it. It sounds like Jesus is having a heart, more of a hard line uh, tack to this. This individual is actually saying, hey, my family has died. Uh, someone in my family has died. I think it's, does it say his father there? Um he says, uh, uh, when he says to follow me, he says, first let me go, yeah, bury my father. Now, the firstborn uh, had a responsibility in the Levitical law that it was his obligation to bury the father, his father, upon his death. It was so ingrained that an individual, if they were involved in uh, military service or something like that, they would be given a, a, a pass in going off to battle if he had to go and take care of his father, um, his father's funeral. Uh, but what Jesus says to him is, let the bar- dead bury the dead. Now, what is he saying there? Now, what he's saying is, is, let those who are dead in God, dead in Christ, take care of those familial responsibilities. What Jesus is trying to indicate here is that ministry with uh, following after Jesus Christ, the ministry of, of reaching lost souls, that's what we would call it today, is so important that those things that are related to family obligations are minuscule compared to the the, the urgency that we need to go out and spread the gospel. And, he, and Jesus is saying, hey, let those who uh, are dead take care of the dead. Now, there's some scholars who say that uh, this individual's father actually wasn't dead. What he was saying in essence was, hey, let me wait until my dad dies and I bury him and then I'll come follow you. Um, either way, Jesus is saying, look, uh, uh, let those who are not in the kingdom of God worry about those kind of issues. The work that is that needs to be done is so urgent that we need to, uh, you need to just let them take care of it. How many times do we allow our own personal life to get in the way of serving Jesus Christ? That's what I, I get from this uh Past uh, this section, this response that Jesus has. So often, Jesus uh, takes a back uh, seat to any obligations we have. Oh, uh, uh, I have to go take care of, of uh, my family member that's sick, or I have to go take care of this or that. And we get so wrapped up in just living life that we never serve God. Jesus is saying the task of reaching the lost is so urgent. We need 
to go and allow uh, our minds to be focused on that rather than focused on anything that would get in the way. Jesus said, uh, can you imagine being the person that turned down following after Jesus if he said to follow me? You know, of course, we have hindsight 2020 and all that, but I would hate to have been known as the person who turned down following after Jesus simply because I had other things to do. But yet, we do that on a daily basis, don't we? Uh, we driving down the road, and instead of stopping to help somebody that's broken down, oh, they got a cell phone, they're taken care of. Uh, I don't have to stop and help them. Um, we're, we're at a restaurant uh, getting ready to leave, and and instead of taking the time to witness to the waitress or, or server at, at our table, oh, uh, they've got so much to do, well, I'm not going to bother them, uh, and we've got to get on to wherever we're going. Uh, we make excuses all the time about life and about the things that we're doing that we can't possibly take the time. It's the times that we interrupt our life to serve Jesus that mean the most and, and impact the most. Um, there, you know, I, I, I can uh, count out on my hands the times that I've been in a hurry to go somewhere and I've come across someone that needed help. And something deep inside of me said, hey, you need to stop. And if we're not conscious of the this, the voice of God in our life will allow that inner voice to be hidden behind. Oh, I'm, I'm too busy. I got to get to the store, and I got to do this, this, and this. We've got to listen to the voice of God, the Holy Spirit speaking to us, when He tells us, "Hey, you need to stop and talk to this person. Hey, you need to take a minute and reflect on that person's situation, and allow uh, me to." intervene in their that person's life through you uh, all these things are circumstances in which God could use us and Jesus is saying don't allow your busyness in your life to get in the way of serving him uh, I'm I'm reminded of of it hadn't been too long ago that that we that I went on a mission trip to Romania and and it's been within a year or so, uh, within two years at least. And uh, when we're raising money to, to go on a mission trip like that, a lot, oftentimes uh, one of the things that I'll hear from people is, is well, uh, you know, I, I support you and what you're doing, but why is it that you have to go halfway around the world to go and do missions? Why can't you just do missions here? Uh, I'm sure many of you might have had that question in your mind as well the reason that we do missions like that is to get us in an environment where our mind is solely focused on doing ministry because when we're in our home environment when we're here at home so often we get we allow the the day-to-day events of our life to take precedence rather than serving God if all we did was wait around here uh, and do ministry here at home, 
a lot of times we would miss those opportunities. And those mission trips to other places helps cement within our minds the fact that we can do missions here at home, that we don't have to go halfway around the world, but rather that we just need to, to make, a, make time to do ministry. And, and that's the toughest part of ministry is not going out and, and talking to people, not going out and actually helping people is being willing to take time out of your own life to touch the life of someone else. And so Jesus here is relating that to this individual when, uh, uh, when He says, let the dead bury their dead. Then verse 61 and 62 relate to uh, the third type of person. Another also said, Lord, I'll follow thee, but let me uh, first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man having uh, put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. And what Jesus is addressing in this last circumstance is allowing the distractions of life to to take your mind away from ministry as you're serving God. This is very similar to the other two, but it it relates to uh, yet another uh, area of our life in which we allow ourselves to be distracted and allowing ourselves to to be pulled away by the world. Uh, Jesus is saying in this circumstance, hey, if you're uh, ready to go and to serve, you need to be focused on service, focused on living for God. Uh, And that's what Jesus needs from us as well. We need to be focused on living for Jesus Christ, serving Him. Uh, In this church, we need to be focused on those who are outside the four walls of this church, those who are uh, lost, that that don't know Jesus Christ, those who are are still going through their life and and searching for something to fill uh, the empty places in their life and not coming to church, not having a relationship with Jesus Christ, not uh, studying God's Word and allowing God to, to fill those voids in their life. We need to focus on those folks. We need to have our hearts and minds trained on serving God. And in essence, Jesus is saying to us, to this very day, we can't be effective for Him if we're constantly looking around at other circumstances. And, and for a church, we can't, uh, we can't progress forward and do ministry if we're focused on things we've done in the past or things that we've, uh, the way things used to be or the way uh, the people that used to be in the pews. We need to uh, hope and we need to pray for those individuals that used to sit on all these pews next to you uh, and filled up this church, but we also need to be worried and concerned about those people who are lost in this in this community that we've never reached before. We need to be about uh, serving God and reaching out to the lost and praying for those who have been a part of our congregation to come back and always willing to talk to them about coming back but we can't wait for them to come back before we start reaching other people we need to be out there serving god doing those things that god has called this church to do we're looking for those individuals who are lost searching for those who are in need of of ministry in need of god's love and we need to be about uh everything that we can do to serving god today 
and not be so, you know, not saying, hey, uh, we'll, we'll serve God when we get more people here. We'll serve God when we get more money in the bank. We'll serve God when we do this or, or do that. We can't, we can't allow those things to get in our way of serving God. He wants us to minister in this community. It's evident in the fact that this church is still standing, that this church is still here. God wants a ministry in this community. God wants people in this community to be uh, reached with the gospel. We've just got to say, hey, what do I need to do, Father? What do I need to do, God, in order to reach someone today? How can I minister to people in this community? How can we as a church minister to people in this community? What must we do in order to be faithful to God? We can't keep looking back. We can't uh, be concerned about uh, the things of our home, and we certainly can't be worried about how we're going to be able to take care of ourselves. We need to simply be willing to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, be willing to serve God. The question is, what's keeping you today from serving God? What's keeping you today from living, uh, uh, from being a disciple of Jesus Christ? What is your uh, 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 negative return that's keeping you from serving God. What's uh, why are you saying to God when He calls out to you, "No go" instead of "Go"? We need to we need to be willing to say we're willing we're ready to go. We're willing to go and serve. We're willing to do what you want us to do, and stop with the excuses. We need to be committed to serving God. Are you committed today? Is God speaking to your heart today?